Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. Roy. But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This is the Decibel Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right. Well, here we are back again. This is undoubtedly going to be the saddest episode of the Decibel Geek Podcast in the history of since we've been doing this, no doubt about it. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my brother in heartbreak and mourning. Chris Sinzak. I ask you how you're doing, but I got a feeling I already know. Yeah, not, uh, not good. Um, doing my best to <clears throat> try to pull myself together, and, you know, life does go on for us, and we got stuff we got to do. But uh, And we didn't want to leave y'all hanging without an episode this week. And plus, you know, um, just like Rock and Ron, uh, you guys that listen to the show are like family to us. So we figured we're going to. We're going to just go unscripted. We are going to do a bit of a rock and pod recap, but this is also going to be kind of a tribute to rock and Ron at the same time. But we're going to just talk about what we're going through right now. Yeah, so I guess if you don't know, last Saturday night, Chris and I took to the live stream and gathered up a bunch of our awesome friends who were also great friends and fans of Rock and Ron Runyon, and we decided we were going to do a Rock and Ronathon. And so we put together a GoFundMe. We talked about that a little bit last week, and people really jumped on it and helped us out. Like when we started Saturday night, after only being up for a couple of days, I mean, we only had 600 bucks to go. So our big old Rock and Ronathon, it's like, well, we only got 600 to go, but let's see what we can do. You know, let's really try to knock this thing out of the park. 
And everybody that was a guest with us that night on the live stream had that same mentality and that same attitude. You know, let's get on here. Let's have some fun. Let's pay tribute to our awesome friend Ron who's sick, you know, and we're going to help him out. We're going to help out his family. We're going to do all this stuff and we're going to have fun doing it in the spirit of how Rock and Ron would want it done. And so we went on live for three hours for the live stream for the Rock and Ronathon on Saturday night, and we had all those awesome guests on with us, and we just watched the GoFundMe climb and climb and climb. I mean, before we were done with the first hour, we already hit the $5,000 goal. And then, you know, with the two hours afterwards, it kept going and going. And even days afterwards, it's kept going. And at last check, you know, we started out with a goal of five grand and we hit $7,000 for Rock and Ron's family. As of the time of this recording, it's at $7,225. See, that's awesome. And so we're feeling good. You know, we know Ron's watching because Dawn let us know that Kristen cracked him up and made him laugh, you know, as, <laughs> as down as he was. And, you know, that's, that's the best thing to me right there. So we do that Saturday night. We're feeling great. We did something special. You know, we showed Ron how much not only that Chris and I love him, but so many other people people that appeared with us that night and people that made comments and made donations and really rocked that thing, you know, Ron saw it and he loves us all for doing it. And so feeling pretty good about that, go to bed Saturday night and then Sunday morning, I get the message from Chris that Rock and Ron had passed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I saw it, um, his son, Corey, who I recently became acquainted, acquainted with, he, um, friended me on Facebook and messaged me uh, about a week ago and was just saying, I just hope you guys know that, you know, he, that, you know, he really appreciated everything you guys did for him and bringing him into the fold with decibel geek and kind of got him a chance for him to kind of live the dream for a while. And, um, which choked me up even then. But, um, and then I said, you know, just, we, well, you know, the blessing is ours to have him in our lives, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, he posted about it that morning, and I didn't know how to tell you because I was just like, I didn't know if you were up yet. So I just kind of did it. I wanted you to see his post. So Yeah, yeah. you messaged me and said, yeah. you know, I just seen Corey's post. Give me a call when you can. Yeah. And I, I kind of knew. You know, I kind of knew. Mm-hmm. And so I looked up Corey, who I recently became friends with on Facebook, and saw it and was just... Oh, just heartbroken. Yeah, it was, uh, but then again, you know, the other side of me thinks, you know, Rock and Ron, and he got something special. Yeah. You know, for all the people that pulled together for him that last day, and we literally did the Rock and Ronathon in the nick of time. You know, we've been talking about doing it for a minute. We said, no, let's let's do it this weekend. You know, mm-hmm. let's do it. Why wait for worst case scenario? You know, let's do it while we know he's still around, you know, and we're at this point, we're all still hoping and praying for a miracle. And you know what? That kind of stuff happens sometimes. You know, people get diagnosed with terrible things all the time, mm-hmm. only to find out later, wow, what? I don't know what happened, but you're great. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen, but it does happen sometimes. We're really hoping and praying for that. But if you think about it, how many people really get a tribute? paid to them the night before they pass on yeah most people just drop dead you know without a thought rock and ron got something special and i'm 
so proud of us. I'm so proud to be able to say that, you know, we were able to do that for somebody, you know, and to do it for somebody that we love so much, you know, and I've said it a million times, you know, Rock and Ron was a star, dude, you know, <laughs> yeah. he was, he had that something, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like a, you know, a radio personality or somebody that knew a million facts about a million different things about rock and roll. But man, Ron had that certain something that I guess they call it it factor. He had the it factor that made everybody love him no yeah. matter what he did, you know? And so the times that he appeared on the show with us were always stellar. The times that we got to spend with him doing Friday Night Lives, mm -hmm. can't beat it. He used to bust his balls all the time and be like, man, why do we got to do this, Ron? Why do we got to do this? We can't do it every week. I'd give him hell, you know? And then afterwards, I have to tell him, you know, I'm just kidding around, right? I don't, you know, because this is one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to record Decibel Geek, and then I'm going to edit it, and then I got to get my shit together because I have to be ready by Friday night to go live and do the Friday night live thing we're doing, the FFAFT or whatever <laughs> it's supposed to be. Right. And... uh I'd give him shit about it, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, well, I got a full time job too, you know, and I'm editing the episode and putting it on the, you know, putting it on the YouTube, and you know, and I'd say, I'm just kidding around, I'm just kidding around, because it would always be so much fun, you know, yeah. it would be a blast to, you know, give him hell and catch hell from him, and because he could give it just as good as you could give it to him, mm. and uh, you know, fuck, man, it's just I'm gonna miss the hell out of him." I'm going to miss the hell out of Rock and Ron. You know, the the thing with uh, with him on, like, not even just on Friday Night Live, but, like, you know, he on the Monsters of Rock cruise and, you know, all these places yeah. he would go and he'd get recognized. And I think he just, he was just a, such a character, but he was such a true, genuine guy that, uh, you know, that, that, that truly loves music and loves rock and roll. And, you know, it was... Uh, he was uh, he was kind of the embodiment of what Decibel Geek was started over, you know. I mean, he absolutely he represented, you know, why we got into doing this. And I've mentioned on the on the live stream, and, and I've talked some some people off air about it that, you know, we don't when we went into this, we just did this because it was, you know, fun for us to talk about bands. We like you don't really think about who's latching on and who's following you and. And you don't know that you're going to have all these friendships that come up out of this. And um, yeah, but one, you know, one of probably the most thankful thing I am for us doing Decibel Geek is knowing, getting to know Rock and Ron Running, because otherwise we never would have met the guy. Hey, think about that. That's true. You know, we our lives would have never crossed circles with Ron, or I mean, so many other people for that matter. Yep. You know, it's it's amazing how you know this thing, like you said, you know, we just started it and just thought it'd be fun you know thought it'd be cool something we could do you know something we'd, let's try to make a podcast that we'd enjoy you know and other people will probably enjoy it too but we had no idea you know no idea that we'd have so many people that follow us on facebook and download the episode every single time it comes out you know and and puts us up there pretty good in the rankings and all that stuff you know and that's that's all great but you know it's second hand to the honest to goodness friendships that we've made over the years, you know, and we're going to talk about rock and pod this week and there's no better testament to it than that, you know, where you get to see people in person that you admire, you know, and people that you really like, you know, and listen to their shows and, you know, appear on each other's shows. And, and then for a weekend you get to be real friends with these people, you know, in person. And, 
you know, rock and roll was a part of so many of those. And that's where some of my absolute favorite rock and roll memories come from is the rock and pot over the years. And, you know, the, the story about, you know, we're all sitting at picnic tables bullshitting and there's rock and Ron peeping over the fence trying to get us you know, where we don't know we're on camera. We're just being ourselves. We're not hamming it up, you know, and all of a sudden, I think it was Ian looks up and notices him and goes, what the hell, you know, <laughs> what is that? You know, and it's like, oh, it's Rock and Ron. He's spying on us. <laughs> I was glad I was working the door that night so I didn't get caught on camera. <laughs> well, the funny was- thing about that too is, you know, we've talked about how, you know, Rock and Ron reached out to us like many years ago when we were mm-hmm. just kind of in the infancy of this and figuring out what we were going to be and reached out to us and was like i relate with you guys so much you know and i love the same kind of stuff you guys love and is there anything i can do to contribute and at the time it was like well you know our youtube ain't doing shit you know if you want to do something with it so ron says yes and i gotta imagine like oh shit now i gotta learn to video edit you know (laughs) and he did you know but he had he also had a mind for that kind of stuff. Like it took him half the time it would take anybody else to learn how to video edit at that level. And then, you know, the stories of him being at concerts in Denver with a camera on a pole, you know, and security's going, you know, hey, what do you think you're doing? And him going, I think I'm rocking Ron Runyon and I'm here with Decibel Geek and I'm going to film this. And just be like, okay, you know, because that was always the joke way back then. We'd say, you know, if you want to be a part of this, you know, show up to a venue, tell them you're with Decibel Geek Podcast, see if you can get an interview, see if you can film the band, you know, and Rock and Ron was the one that took that to heart more than anybody because he said, okay, and that's what he did, you know, so then he'd go out and he'd get this amazing footage, and then, you know, that story about Rock and Pod where he's up on the fence, you know, somebody just wandering around with a camera is one thing, but Rock and Ron's thinking, how do I get these people in their most natural setting? I film them when they don't know I'm doing it, right. you know, and they're not, they're not going to care. They're not going to get mad. And so that's what he did, you know, and he got a bunch of good footage of us hanging out and having fun. And, you know, man, fuck, fuck. I can't believe he's gone. I know. I didn't want to never believe it. Yeah, me neither. I, um... I don't know. I, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I, I was telling you before we went on air, I just, I'll, I'll do okay for like an hour and then it'll, then the thought will cross my mind and then it's like, then it just knocks me down at the knees again. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird empty feeling. Um, and like, you know, even today, you know, cause I, I put together like kind of our little thing for the intro, um, geeks of the week and everything, which I'm sorry we haven't gotten to or any of that, but, um, you know, I put that together and then just out of habit, I was, I almost, you know, I share it with Aaron, obviously, cause he needs to see it, but almost out of habit, I almost put Ron's email address in just because that's what I do every time because he would get the video episode together. Yeah. And, um, it's just, it's going to take a while to process this. It's, it, you know, we're not going to be back to normal overnight and, um, and that's okay. Um, we'll be okay you know we'll get through this we're gonna move on but i'm not gonna be in a rush to you know get through the grief i'm just gonna deal with it if i if i feel bad i feel bad i'm sure you feel the same way yeah i mean what else can you do when you constantly are reminded of and here's something else that goes along with that is the outpouring of love from you the decibel geek listeners people that have become 
you know, fans of Rock and Ron Runyon, you know, and all the amazing things, things that he's done and all the contributions he's made over the years, you know, to hear so many, to see so many people, you know, posting their condolences on Facebook and, you know, even the personal messages I've gotten from people yeah, and, you know, it's, it's just been amazing, you know, to know, I mean, like I said, we knew, we knew Rock and Ron was a star from the first time we ever met him. And so to know so many other people see that the same too, you know, we all kind of like the same kind of music and we all loved Rock and Ron Runyon, you know, so we all got that in common, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's tough, you know, and I got some messages saying, man, I'm sure going to miss Friday Night Live. And I make sure to tell them, you know, when this whole fiasco with Ron just first kind of started, he sort of made us promise that we wouldn't stop doing it no matter what. And I said, well, you know, I don't know if I could promise we're going to do it every single week. And he was pretty adamant. And he's like, I don't care about every single week, but you don't let this thing die. You got to keep it going. So Friday Night Live lives, you know, we're going to carry that on in the spirit of Rock and Ron running one because we want to. And two, because that son of a gun, he made us promise we would. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to let him down because I still have a feeling he's watching. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, and so many great memories with Ron, you know, he was such a hardhead sometimes too, though, you know, he'd be oh, yeah. a tough guy to deal with. I remember like 99.9% of the time me and Ron got along great, you know, and if I was busting his balls or he was giving me a hard time, we knew that it was in love, you know, yeah. that we were doing it. I think the only time that I ever butted heads with Ron was over the, uh, and we didn't get to talk about this with Pete Kuhn on Saturday night, but when that whole thing with the Wolf Pack first started, like he came to us with this idea and it's like, yeah, sounds great. You know, you're there in town with these guys. Why don't you do it? And then he's like, cool, well, we're going to call it Decibel Geek TV. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> and he didn't at first didn't see the problem, you know, and I was like, yes, you know, you definitely are, you know, part of decibel geek no Mm -hmm. doubt about it Mm -hmm. almost as much as we are but if you call it decibel geek tv then what you've been hounding us to do for so long becomes a weird thing later on when we say okay let's start doing some video stuff because now we have to call ourselves something different (laughs) so it's like please ron you know and i didn't want to upset him because you know at that time i had a little bit of worry it's like oh man he's going and doing this other thing is he going to leave us you know is he going to go do wolf pack and forget about decibel geek and i was like man you know is there just maybe just something else you could call it Mm -hmm. he comes back goes yeah no problem we're gonna call it wolf pack i was like oh man thank goodness you know (laughs) yeah because i didn't want to fight with ron because i don't i never felt like you know an argument with ron was something anybody was ever gonna win you know (laughs) well the thing that he would and this is more my fault than his the thing he would do to me constantly is he would be being sarcastic but act upset about something through chat and then i'd be like then i'd go to pieces going oh man i don't want to upset ron and you know because but Ron was, you know, wore his heart on his sleeve, and yeah. so I'd be then I'd be like, oh man, am I an asshole? Did I piss him off? And I remember times of you sending me stuff going, I really think I pissed off. Ron. Yeah, said, what what happened? And he you'd tell me what was said, and I'd laugh and go, he's just fucking with you. <laughs> well, and he'd let me string it out through the whole day, and then in the afternoon, oh, I'm just fucking with you. I'm like, oh man. 
He knew how to sure? he knew how to mess yeah. with my head. Um, yeah, I still loved him for it. But yeah, but like even one day he finally was like, "Listen, if, if there's a real problem between us, I will tell you that I'm being serious. But otherwise, I'm just busting your balls." And I was like, "I get yeah. it." Yeah, so, I learned that early on. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker, oh, he's messing with me. He's <laughs> he's the friend in high school that if we all went to high school together, he would have been snapping everyone's ass with a towel. You know, yeah, that, that was for wrong. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I could see that. <laughs> but uh or he'd play pranks on people. You know, he was yeah. he was mischievous. <laughs> so um, yeah, I wish I could have known him longer, you know, or grew up with him. Yeah. You know, I, I just picture that with people, with people sometimes, you know, because we've, and you said it on Saturday night, like, you know, it's weird to think because most time you think, you know, when I had my best friends in my life, you think about like when you're young, you know, when you're in school. But for us, man, we're in our 40s and I've got the best group of friends that I've ever had in my entire life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's because of the people that listen to the show and the people that interact with us and other podcasters and people like Rock and Ron. I try to imagine what would it be like to grow up with Rock and Ron, you know, how awesome that must have been or be, you know, you see pictures of him when he's like 17 and you're like, man, to hang out with Rock and Ron at 17 and go to a concert, you know, how amazing. Yeah, we would have uh, we would have gotten into a lot of trouble together. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure of it. Oh man. Well, so let's uh, let's. You want to go ahead and take care of the business? I know we're super late doing that, but uh, we ain't got no business. Well, we don't have reviews, but we do have geeks of the week, and I wanted to make sure I got those in. Yeah, we definitely do have at least that. You know, Rock and Ron would want you guys to leave us reviews. You know. <laughs> and I don't think I'm stretching when I say that because I know Ron well enough, and he would be here to say, "The hell's wrong with you guys? Give these mm. give these dudes some reviews. You know they need it." And so last week and the week before, we had two pretty awesome stellar episodes for you. And they were pretty great. I know because I was there for both of them live. We had Carmine Apiece and Vinny Apice the week before everybody loved that it was live from sir studios here in nashville we had a great time doing it and those dudes were awesome and then last week we doubled it up when we did albums unleashed on david lee roth's eat em and smile with the one and only's billy sheehan and greg bissonette live on stage at rock and pod i know it's a lot to love and we had a great time doing it yeah so the people that loved it the most they're the ones that took that episode when they saw it posted on Facebook or saw it tweeted on Twitter, and they took it, they reposted it, they shared it, and they spread the word for us here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. And by doing that, they became Honorary Geeks of the Week. And before I read off the list, let me just say, uh, you've probably noticed over the last year that Adam Cox, who we tragically lost last year, was part of our team always leads off Geeks of the Week. Well, Rock and Ron Runyon will now be right there with him. So every week, they're going to be honored, and they're going to be the first two Geeks of the Week. Amen. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Kristen Schimbeck, Bill Elam, Aaron Baker, Joseph Capone, Jay Shablewski, Mike Tyler, John Phillips, Brent Tibbetts, Rob Webb, Wayne Cross, Pantheon Podcast, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Kevin Williams, Simon Cat, David Glenn, Mark Alden-Taylor, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Sit and Spin with Joe, Keith Rockford, Shea Hargett, Mike Parnell, David Cathy, Scott Krause, Keith Rockford, Vet Halen, and as always, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people. They care enough to take the time to share what we're doing, to let their friends know that there's something awesome going on over here 
for rock and roll fans to enjoy. So we always appreciate the people that share and retweet our episodes. If you want to become an Honorary Geek of the Week, all you got to do is just that. Find that original post on our Facebook page, like that Facebook page, and then share that episode with somebody you love, and we will make you an Honorary Geek of the Week. You'll hear your name along with these awesome, esteemed folks next week. So it's going to be kind of hard to do the recap because we're going to talk more about Rock and Ron Runyon. So I guess before the Rock and Pod even happens, you know, we're talking to Ron and this all becomes, this whole thing comes to light of what he's going through. And the first thing we think is, oh shit, you're going to miss Rock and Pod. And Ron's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) Really? You know, he's like, no way. I was like, wow, okay, you know, and it's like, you know, to just get news like that and just be like, no, I'm not, like, okay, great, you know, awesome, and so we think, how the hell is that going to work, and Ron tells us, you know, I've worked it out with my doctors, I've got treatments set up for these days, and I've worked it so that, you know, I can do my treatments, and it won't affect rock and pot at all, and I'm going to be there, and we couldn't believe it, you know, as a matter of fact, Here's another testament to Rock and Ron. You know, he gets diagnosed with that, and it's serious stuff, you know. That doesn't stop him from going and seeing Enough's Enough, and that doesn't stop him from going and seeing Buck Cherry. And it certainly didn't stop him from flying all the way from Colorado to Nashville to be a huge part of Rock and Pot, and he was. Yeah, he was... uh... It, it it's like it it was like it gave him something to hang on for and uh you know i talked to a couple people i know in the medical field one of them which is david hudson who hosts state of america and digital killed the radio star and uh he was like no he's like you know i've i've dealt with people that are in this same situation he's like that's a good thing he's like it, it gives him something to shoot for something to hang on yeah. for and and i think it was it helped him pull through for those few months um but uh yeah, it just the tenacity of that guy to 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 show up, and of course his great wife Dawn and his friend Pete coming to there, and we you know we did everything we could to take care of him, and and he was part of every event basically. Um, but uh, yeah, he he showed up, and uh, they were there on Friday, and uh, Aaron did a amazing job presenting the Spirit Award to him at the Podcaster Mixer, and uh, we wouldn't. We wouldn't spoil the surprise. I just said, you just have to make sure you're there. He's like, well, what is it? I said, I'm not telling you. You have to be there. (laughs) Yeah, we had talked about this ahead of time behind Ron's back, but it was Chris's idea to present a spirit award. Actually, technically, it was Ken Mills' idea. Yeah, I like it. I was going to do it. I I, I had an award for Ken, which I still have to ship because Ken wasn't able to, to make it, but before I could even talk to Ken about that award, he goes, you should do an award for Ron at Rock and Pod, do like a spirit award. And I was like, I will take that and I will run with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful idea because it came together really good. We were hanging out and, you know, I'm me, you know, I don't have no problem getting up in front of a group of people and going, Hey, pay attention. I got something to say. And so that's basically how it went. So everybody's hanging out at the bar and hanging out in the lobby of the hotel. And Chris goes, you ready to go do this? I said, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so we found Ron, you know, make sure he's nice and nearby. And uh, I get out in the middle of everybody. And I said, hey, give me your attention. 
I had to yell it twice because everybody was having such a good time <laughs> catching up with each other. But by the second time, everybody was paying attention. And I said, where's Rockin' Ron Runyon? And so we brought him over. And I just basically told everybody, you know, in the spirit of this is rock and roll. You know, that's what it's all about. That's why we're all here because we love rock and roll and we're doing podcasts to celebrate rock and roll and do our part to be what's gone. You know, FM radio, mm-mm, they're not doing the goods. MTV, that died years ago. You know, who is here to carry on the torch of this? And it's us, the podcasters. So in the spirit of that, we're going to give a spirit award. And there was nobody there and may never ever be again that equals the spirit of Rock and Ron Runyon. Because, you know, we can talk about our personal experiences about how Ron came on with us and how he took over our Decibel Geek TV YouTube channel and made it into something extraordinary. And, you know, we can talk about our experiences with Ron all day because we were lucky enough to be the first. But we weren't the only ones. You know, Ron made appearances on other shows and supported everyone you know that guy would talk about podcasts all the time you know he talk about josh toomey and he talk about cobras and fire and he talk about rock and metal combat and podcast and all these great shows you know ron supported all of them you know so there was nobody better to receive that award the first time around than rock and ron runyon so it was my honor you know and it was my privilege to be able to gather everybody together and you know and the people that were there, they knew Ron, you know, everybody knew Ron through us, you know, and loved and respected the guy because he's a superstar and saw him and said, holy shit, look at this guy, you know, look what he's going through. And he's here, you know, the people that had met Ron throughout the years, the Ron that they knew, you know, isn't this guy in a wheelchair, you know, it's this guy that's got this over the top personality and so friendly and so awesome and so funny but holy shit, he's here, you know? You can tell, you can look at him and say, this guy is going through some serious shit right now, but hot damn, he's here. And so if he's here to have a good time, we're all going to have a good time this weekend. And so then we presented Ron with the award. It was a little trophy with a microphone on it. Made him cry, made me cry. I know you were crying. I'm sure we weren't the only ones. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It was a cool moment. It was a great way to kind of kick off the whole weekend. And uh, but yeah, the mixer was good. It was. It was pretty much everybody, everybody hanging at the bar. But uh, it was cool to see everybody catching up. And the, you know, we even had some of the guests were mingling with the podcasters, which I always thought was cool. And you know, it just everyone drops their ego for that weekend. It was just nobody was difficult to deal with. Everybody was having a great time. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, and. Man, that's who. Let me ask you this: Who was the first person you seen? I I couldn't tell you. Um, well, I well first person I saw was my wife and Tracy because they're like, "Oh God, we've got issues with measurements of the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh great, there's a problem." The minute I walk in the door, oh man, just um, in time you wrap that up just in time to figure out the dimensions of the uh, the other room too. Yeah, well, we had. <clears throat> well, I mean, I was there um early before but like i had to leave for a while and then i came back and so i i but i worked on that then i went to the bar and had they had a meal waiting for me because i hadn't eaten anything that's my I, my big downfall every year at rock and pot is i forget to eat yeah so 
I'm eating a burger, and <clears throat> but I look across, I see Bushy, I see Greg Renoff, uh, I saw Ricky Rackman, uh, you know, I saw several people um, already hanging out. Nice. So, uh, you know, I was kind of late to the party, really. And, you know, um, saw you, of course, and then, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, t- for me, it's it's crazy every year. It's, you know, I had more help this year and I got to experience more of it, but it was still, it's still always crazy where there's a lot to do, you know. You know, the first people I saw, Who? I knew it was going to be a good time. I knew the party was just about to kick off when I roll up into the parking lot and the first three guys I see standing outside the back door when we're trying to figure out where we're supposed to be is Rick, Ian, and Ralph. I go, oh, shit, it's on now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we see those guys. So my wife was selling T-shirts down there, and we had a pretty good collection put together because she wanted to be a part of Rockin' Pod, you know, and like other years she goes, she just kind of stands around, you know, and watches me and sees everything and then goes, okay, now what? I thought, man, we got to figure out something that you can do. So we started looking for T-shirts, you know, looking for rock T-shirts, stuff people would like, some stuff people would want, you know. And so we started collecting, and we were we were working pretty good for 2020, but of course that didn't happen. So then by 2021, we had a shop set up. We had a lot of T-shirts down there. So first thing we got to do is tote all these freaking totes inside the door. And luckily for us, Ian and Ralph and Rick were right there. Everybody gave us a hand, showed us where we needed to go. And, you know, for sure, we got to give props to your wife. Because the first thing we do is we walk in and we're going, okay, so where are we? And we're looking at the diagram and it's like, oh, shit, this ain't going to work at all, you know. And my wife's like, well, what do we do? You know, should I just pack this stuff up and forget it? And I said, no, 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 let me talk to Michelle real quick. So I talked to Michelle, and she gets Mark over there, who's also helping with the vendors. And uh, they go, oh, yeah, this definitely doesn't work for what you guys got. And within a moment, they had stuff switched around to where she was in the most perfect spot she could be, you know, and had all the room she could possibly need. And by doing that, it kind of moved things around for other people that made it even better for them, you know. And so Michelle was really on top of it for that. And I was I was so grateful to be able to go, oh, shit, my wife's getting upset. You know, she thinks this isn't going to work, you know, and I don't know what's going on. Michelle, please help us. And she's like, boom, solved amazing yeah well amazing she's uh she's good at that she can make she can make snap decisions and make things better all all the time and that's you know for the last few years she's on the catering business and she also works a lot of events as a bartender so um that kind of history you know you you learn how to think on your feet very quickly and problem solve and, and she's great at doing that so uh yeah my i i couldn't give any bigger kudos than i can to my wife and also my daughter hannah for um really pulling together and helping us out Uh, there was so much behind the scenes that both of them had to do even in the weeks leading up to the event you know just get like getting the passes set up with the badges and everything and uh, also joe d'angelo and his wife patrice came in from new jersey to help out and um, they did an amazing job too but then of course tracy with the scheduling um i you know i we would be up a creek every year without tracy and she's 
she's like a genius at putting these schedules together and it's a lot of work and it's stressful and you know you get thrown curveballs and you know guests don't want to do this or they want to change that or pot you know and then this year with <clears throat> you know with the pandemic we had you know some podcasters had to drop out or you know or couldn't come or for whatever reason and uh, is a lot of thinking on your feet and she was amazing and uh, yeah we're lucky to have every and then of course you know christine and she brought in like the majority of our volunteers you know yeah. we had like over 30 volunteers that you know that helped move the guests around keep them on schedule we had the gre- the greatest crew we've ever had and um, it was pretty impressive it was it was uh it ran very well like a well-oiled machine uh, there was a lot of stuff we had to kind of dance on our feet with to to make work but um but that happens with every event but you know, aside from small little issues here and there, I mean, I couldn't have asked for it to go any smoother than it did. Yeah, it was really awesome. Like I said, you know, with the staff that was there, and it was a bunch of young people that love rock and roll, were wanting to help. All Christine found the perfect people to do that job. And Tracy, mm-hmm. it was funny because we were hanging out like the next day, and we stopped at this little place called Bar Louie in Nashville down in the Gulch, and we're having a drink and something to eat. And I'm talking to her, and she's like, what am I going to obsess over now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like after Rocket Pod's <laughs> over, there's a little bit of a void that she deals with because, like, you know, creative people are funny, you know, and I can attest to this because in creative situations, I've been like this where, like, you might wake up in the middle of the night and be like, that's a great idea. You know, I need to yes. write this down. You know, and she's like that too. And she'd say, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, there'd be something I would like struggling over, like thinking, how am I going to get that to work? And she'd be like, oh yeah. And she'd wake up in the middle of the night and write it down, you know, and it's like, she's like, no, what am I going to wake up in the middle of the night to figure out? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the amazingness of Tracy. You know, that's how serious she takes it. And this year was the biggest year yet. You know, every year since the very beginnings of the humble beginnings of Rock and Pod in the strip mall, you know, she was able to do it then, and every year as it grows and grows, and this year it grew exponentially compared to years past, she was still on top of everything and still made everything go smoothly. Yeah, it's a, it's a monumental task, it really is, and we we did the best we could. There are some takeaways we need to have, still have like a post-mortem meeting with the, the staff to go over you know what worked and what didn't and what we need to work on and stuff but you know, there's certain things and I, i've listened to a lot of the uh recap shows from other podcasts that have done them and for the most part across the board it's praise and people were happy with how it went but there's a few things that you know like the having the podcasters in the separate room was a bit of a no-win situation yeah. because you know it was it was a it was a kind of a pain in, at the Marriott in 2019 because there was so much noise bleeding through from the stage, and and also just noisy in general. And everybody was kind of claustrophobic in one room, which I you know this place had two ballrooms available. So I'm like, well, why don't we put the podcasters in the other ballroom and that'll help with recording. And I think it it did help for recording, but probably had too many shows in there and uh could have used a bigger space and then i've heard some podcasts say well we like being all in one room and so i that's something i got to think about you know if we go forward for next year well, here's um, here's something yeah. i'll tell the podcasters you guys were all over in your own private room over there and i'm doing the hosting stuff so i got to kind of stay within the vicinity vicinity of the stage to a certain extent right. i missed you guys this year man i me personally as the host 
you know, and I don't have nothing to do with you guys recording your shows or how it sounds, but I like it when we're all scrunched together because I could just pop right around the corner and be like, oh, what are these guys doing? Look at those guys, you know, but I got to do that a little bit, you know, whenever I knew I had a good space of time, I would slide on over the right. podcast room and just walk the horseshoe, you know, and see what everybody's yeah. doing. And you're like, oh, look, there's Ron Keel hanging out with those guys. And, you know, here's so-and-so being interviewed over here, you know, and it was a, it was a fun thing to see, you know, and that's one of the things I think maybe next year I'll, uh, I might do a little subcontracting. I might find me a junior host to help me out once in a while because there were so many people that I wanted to see, but it's tough for the host. You know, the host has got his duties. He's got to handle. So I really wanted to meet Ricky Rackman and say hello to him. But every time I seen Ricky Rackman, he's got, you know, he's doing an interview or he's, you know, got somebody coming up wanting to talk to him that paid to get in. Well, I'm not going to interrupt that, you know, so I leave Ricky Rackman alone. Never got to meet him. Matt Pinfield, I got to see him for like a second. It was like, yeah, Matt Pinfield. <laughs> and that was the extent of my conversation with him. <laughs> you know, I did get to talk to Brad Lee, which was cool because I really liked him. And yeah. But I didn't get to say hi to Ron Keel because every time I see him, he's talking to somebody and I don't want to interrupt, you know. And, and I want to go hang out with my podcaster friends, but they're all busy, you know. It's like, well, I guess I'll go back yeah. to the other room and, you know, wait for my time to announce again. But I have fun. Yeah, well, I have fun doing yeah. that too, though. A lot of our hang time came, you know, like I mean, I like was it was it Thursday night or was it Friday? No, no, it was Friday. Friday afternoon. That, that that's the only time I really got to hang with uh, Matt Penfield, and because uh, Skip brought him in because he wanted just to kind of get the lay of the land, see where his table was and everything, and. Um, but I got to talk to him for a few minutes and, and he gave me some praise and was like, I like what you're doing. This is a cool concept and I love Nashville and I think you're doing it the right way. And that meant a lot to me. And, um, Ricky Rackman, I, I, I saw at the podcaster mixer, he was hanging at the bar. So I talked to him for a few minutes and then actually he was staying on the same floor as me. So we, we would get on and off the elevator together quite a few times throughout the weekend. So I, I, I did get a little bit of time, more time with him, um, and he, you know, he was uh, he was a bit skeptical. And every year when we get you know bigger guests, they don't know what they don't know what this thing is. So they're kind of like, well, what is this, and why am I getting into this, and what is it going to be? And uh, so he seemed a little skeptical on Friday. He's like, I'm having fun though. He's like, it's cool to meet with everybody, but I'm just interested to see how it works out. And then uh, I saw him Saturday after the expo, and uh, and he was like, I had a, he's like I had a, such a blast. Yeah. And he's like, and uh, he's like me and Leah. We we had so much they they and we'll get to the pre party in a minute but the, like they performed at the pre party and then he's and but he's like we did really well at our table and I love doing the MTV panel and and he's like it, it was so much fun and then him and Leo were doing an Instagram live um, like a week ago and I just popped in with a comment just saying it was great working with you at Rock and Pod thanks for coming. And uh, he said, like, "Oh, Chris from Rockin' Pod, Chris, we had so much fun at your awesome. event. I thought it was gonna suck, but we had a good time." Nice. <laughs> and I was like, "What a wit! That's a I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but okay." Well, I know <laughs> so at first, like, you know, like it seems like every <laughs> year there's somebody, you know, and at, at first it seemed like the somebody for this year was gonna be Ricky Rackman. And everyone was saying, man, we don't know if Ricky Rackman's going to have a good time. You know, he seems, you know, kind of standoffish and stuff, you know. And then, but after him doing the pre party, and, you know, I saw him on Saturday and he was having a good time because, yeah. you know, for people like that, it's all about people coming up to him and going, hey, man, you're fucking Ricky Rackman. You know, when I was a kid, I thought when I grow up, 
that's what I want to do. You know, little that I know by yeah. the time I grew up, it'd be called podcasting, but that's what I want to do, you know? <laughs> and I, like I'm saying, I think what I'm trying to say is like most of the time these guys get booked at like horror movie conventions or, you know, mm. like uh, tattoo conventions and things like that, which is cool. But when you're booked at an actual rock and roll convention, the yeah. true fans are coming out, you know, people that you want to meet, you know, and he got to meet a lot of his true fans that day. So I know Ricky Rackman had a good time. I agree with what you're saying because, and like, and I have respect for all those, uh, for those big conventions that will have, you know, celebrities of all types. They're cool and everything, but I kind of view them as like celebrity petting zoos. Like, cause it's, it's like all these celebrities from all these different genres, which is cool if you're like a pop culture fan. And I, you know, I've gone to some of those before, but I, what I think I like about ours a little better is that it's niche right. and that it's rock and roll in particular. Um, and it's also the, the podcasting industry because, you know, with a lot of the guests we have, you know, the, this, you know, they're kind of married to the podcast world now because that's where they get a lot of promotion yeah. from. So that's one thing I like about the event. I think that's what makes it kind of special. Um, but yeah, he, he had a great time. And then, um, Mark Goodman, I saw for all of, 10 seconds um you know he we almost didn't you know and i'm I'm spilling a little bit of behind the scenes stuff but I, I figure it's okay um mark we almost didn't get mark goodman because um he was very paranoid about covid and was worried about safety protocols and stuff like that and a few of the guests were um we tried to and we went you know to extra lengths with him to you know to make sure he was safe and everything and there was distancing and all that um and but he did show up and I, I believe he had a good time it seemed like he was having he was great on all the interviews he did he was great on the mtv yeah. panel um but uh yeah i saw him right as he was getting escorted into the ballroom um to do the panel and i was like hey i'm chris i'm the guy and he's like oh you're the chris and he's like oh good to meet you and thanks for having me and but that's all that's the limit of my um interaction with mark which uh which i was a little bummed over but it's okay um, to me, it's not about me getting my rocks off meeting the guests. It, it's about bringing guests in to give everyone else a good time. You know, it's not about me adding to my autograph collection or any of right. that. Because I mean, I, I I just like seeing everyone have fun, and I like seeing the podcasters get good interviews, and that means more to me than anything else. And I just wanted to meet Chuck Shoot, and I got to say hi to him for like two seconds because I was on my way to go do something else and then never got to, hey, man, I'll be back. I'll be back. I want to talk to you. And then never get to come back, you know. <laughs> but to go, to go back to the, the podcaster um, ballroom thing, you know, it's um, we definitely will learn from it, those of you that are podcasters that are listening. And, you know, we did the best we could with the space we had. I don't know that we'll go back to hilton next year i uh i think we might find something that's a little better because I, I mean i hate to say it but i think we almost kind of outgrew it in the first year we used them you know yeah. um because it was it was packed you know every room can was i say packed. this this is something that i noticed that i really really liked about the last time and i don't know how much of a hassle it is to do it but my favorite still, as much as I love this rock and pod, and as great as it was, and the guests were great, and the podcasters were great, and we had more people show up than ever before, which is amazing, but I'm still a little partial to 2019 because that was the year we got to have everything in-house. Like, the bands played there, 
everything, like 99% of everything that went on was right there in the hotel. I liked that a lot, you know, as opposed to trying to find a ride across town and trying to get back and this and that, you know, like some things, obviously like the movie thing, that was amazing. That's a really cool place to go see a movie and the comedians were funny Mm -hmm. and you want to do that in the theater, you know, and the comedian thing, that was great too. And it was cool to go to a venue for that. But the Friday night show in the hotel you just can't beat that. Well, and I I get that, and I it's cool to just have it right there. The only thing is, is we have way better chance of success doing it at a real rock venue than doing it at a hotel. Yeah, I guess um, that makes sense. And like you know, the, the in twenty nineteen it was fun, and the residency was great, and you know, eight ball was great, and uh, but at the same time though, it 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 was very limited on on the audience we yeah. drew. So I have to kind of view that from a business perspective and be like, well, we got to pull people that aren't interested in the convention in also to help pay for expenses. So that's that's why we went with Mercy Lounge, just because. And you know, I've been close with John Bruton for years, who runs it, and right. that's where we did it in 2018 with uh, Tor Tora and the guys from Angel, and um, yeah, which Mercy, Mercy Lounge is great. Yeah, but that. Uh, that concert was so jam packed. Um, yeah, I yeah. I couldn't believe how big the turnout was for that show. I knew it would do well, but I did, I think I was told that we were like thirty one tickets shy of capacity. Oh, nice! At the end of the night, yeah, nice. Yeah, I guess I see the difference then because as fun as it was and as convenient as it was to have everything in the same hotel, there weren't nearly as many people. Oh in 2019 at the pre-party as there was just this last year not even close and that's also you know i mean we pulled that off in 2019 because of eight ball supplying staging and lighting and all that and that was great but it's hard to get the the average joe to want to go out to a hotel ballroom to see a concert unless they're part of the event so that's true so that's where i'm coming and also it's not mercy lounge has a great history it's also it's a way of you know offering Something that's kind of in the downtown area for people to do, because um, we we definitely had a lot of first timers this year coming this year. So it was like I, oh, yeah. I, I do want to have something downtown related involved, and I thought having it there and that was good enough because it's just far enough off of Broadway where you don't get caught in the middle of all the mess. But yeah, that was so. Yeah, I'm kind of of two minds of it. I like the convenience of having it in house, but as a business person, you have to look at what works best. You know. Okay, I guess I understand that. But what about the podcaster jam? I want the podcaster jam back. That's another reason I don't think I want to go back to Hilton because I wanted to do that again this year. You know, so <clears throat> that wasn't something we could work out. Um, we may have been able to do it acoustically, but honestly, when Lee McCormick couldn't make it down from Canada, I didn't want to do it because yeah. Lee, Lee takes pride in putting that together every year. So I was like, uh, if Lee's not coming, I don't want to do it. You know. I thought it was because me and Lee and BJ and Jody and Baco kicked so much ass the year we did it that we we're like, that's it. It can never be topped. Well, if you want to feel that way, then then yeah, that's that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm just saying we were pre- we were pretty awesome. I, I got I got a text. For, I don't remember who it was from saying, you, you, "Why are you not here?" Aaron singing two thousand man live. I was like, "Oh damn it, I'm missing it." Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and while we're on the the subject of sound, uh, Andy Connors once again just kicked ass as our sound guy again this year, and yeah. really really took it to the next level. And also Alan Tate helping supply stuff uh, from his company. 
So I'm I'm trying to get as many thank yous in as I can, and then like oh, the, and uh, Julian Gill and Ken Mills for putting together the uh, the soundtrack for everything. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was like having a, a radio station that only plays awesome music that mm-hmm. are there geared exactly to rock and pod. It was great. Yep. And we also had um, a soundtrack of some of the local bands that were having table space at the event too to give them some play too. So I, 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 that was one thing I was like happy we could add this year. And Blackie, who was on the crew, she brought that idea up. She was like, well, what if we got a table for some young bands, you know, local bands to do some stuff. And that was a cool thing. I was glad we could add to kind of give some Nashville flavor to it. But, uh, yeah, Andy and Alan did a great job with that. And then of course at the pre-party, you know, Tyson Leslie ran that entire show. Um, he did the whole thing. I, it was one of those things where I was like, can I put this in your hands? And he says, yeah, don't stress over it. And he did an amazing job. I just That was part of the weekend I just got to attend and enjoy, which I was very thankful for. And performed in it, too. Yeah, amazing. I mean, it's... Yeah. You know, to, to me, you know, Mangus's band, they play it every year. They're, it's a tradition that Mangus's band opens the show every yeah. year. So that, that was great to see Rock United. And then Ron Keel did a great acoustic set. Yeah, Ron Keel was awesome. Great acoustic set from Ron Keel, and then um, Resist and Bite came on, and you know it was awesome to finally hear all those songs live, the new ones, you know. And uh, and that was that was another thing that I thought was really awesome was Friday night was all the people going, what was that band called? Who who was that? Because like some people came because they had friends that are in bands or like they know Mangus from Nashville, you know, and they're gonna come see that, and they know. Billy Sheehan's going to be there, and Greg Bissonette's going to be there, and it's going to be all these awesome things going on. But you got to understand, you know, not all of us are in tune like we are, you know, like the listeners of a show like this, to know who Resist and Bite even is. And after those guys were done, man, there was a lot of people that were like, holy shit, who, what was that? You know, I want to find out more about this band, and it made me feel good to know that, if you can present people with damn good rock music, even in this day and age, they're going to want to know about it and want to seek it out. So there's people going, what's the name of that band? You know, where do I find their stuff? You know, go look at the merch booth. They got some EP over there. They're selling right now and people were buying their shit up, man. And it made me feel good to know that a brand new rock band can come out and play a show and people go, where's the merch booth? I want to buy this CD. Yeah. It made me feel really good. They were great, and uh, they were awesome. They were, uh, and they did do a couple of Tesla tunes. But I, I loved hearing the originals. And there's a there's a song that stuck in my head called "Bombs" that they played. That I, and I saw it on the track listing because the album's going to be coming out in the next week. Uh, I I cannot wait to hear the studio version of that song because I was like, that song is amazing. So yeah, they were great. <laughs> Sidetrack real quick. Did you hear the new Tesla song? No, huh? It sounds like they're trying to be resistant bite. <laughs> well, it's better than them trying to be Def Leppard. Def Leppard, yeah. I, w- I was listening to like, this sounds like them trying. I texted David Parks, the drummer of resistant bite, and I was like, they're trying to be you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like they but, looked uh, at each other and said, somewhere along the line here, we have de-rocked ourselves, and we need to stop that. Yeah, it has a... Uh, it has a Skio era sound to their new song. It's a good song. Well, that's uh, good. Yeah. That's good. I'll have to check that out. I've been too busy jamming on the new Tora Tora. That's great too. It's really good, and 
And Anthony on Saturday night came on for the Rock and Ronathon to help us raise money for Rock and Ron and his family. And he played us uh, an exclusive song, just him and the guitar. And it was badass, man. Yep. I can't wait for that new stuff. I can't wait to hear that song mm-hmm. with the whole band rocking it. It's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it was amazing. And, you know, Anthony and uh, a few other people, you know, Roxy Blue and Steel City all... And Native Sons all uh, did acoustic sets at the expo, which was really, really I was cool. really impressed with Steel City and Native Sons. I thought mm-hmm. both those bands were just killer for guys that I didn't really know a whole lot about going into Rock and Pod. Yeah, I enjoyed them. And then, uh, well, yeah, and obviously at the pre-party, the, the everyone was great uh, at the pre-party. Rick Fox getting up there with uh, Ron Keel to do Steeler and Keel songs. and then That's historic right there. Th- that was awesome. Uh, but to me, still, the highlight was seeing Billy Sheehan and Greg Bissonette get up there and play together again. That was so amazing. Yeah, when was the last time those two got up on a stage and played those songs? I don't know, but... Uh, they, you know, the Yankee Rose was great, but then Tyson came out and, and did Shy Boy and sang, and that was, and of course, Dakota on guitar just nailed Steve yeah. Vai's parts, which was just amazing. Yeah, good times, man. And my wife drank for like the first time in three years. <laughs> it was awesome. When it was all said and done, because we kind of partnered up with the Fugers, yeah. and so we were hanging out with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fuger, and... Uh, we get to the point where we're back at the hotel after the party's over, and I step outside. I'm talking to Ron Jones out there, and I get a text on my phone, and I look at it. It's a, it's a video message. It goes, hey, this is the Mooger Fooger. I don't know where you are. You better get back in here and get your wife right now. <laughs> <laughs> What was she doing? So I go, oh, shit, Ron, I got to go. You know, so I leave him and I go kind of jogging back into the hotel. Her and Jana were up at the bar hooting and hollering and having a good time talking about going and jumping in the pool. Oh, my God. I get up there. I go, hey, we got to go. We got to get up pretty early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a blast, man. Such a good time at the pre-party. I think I just missed you and Jamie because I walked into the lobby and there was a few people, including uh, Jana and Shane. And uh, Shane was relatively sober. I was surprised. But Jana was freaking hammered. <laughs> and she's like, I've had such a good time. And like she was just sloppy drunk. So I knew if y'all were hanging out with them, I can imagine yeah. how, how inebriated your wife must have gotten. <laughs> Always a good time hanging out with the Fugers. I love them, too. But uh, it was... Uh, yeah, because Friday night was a late night. I, I, I was like, I'm gonna get to sleep early. I didn't get to sleep till after midnight. It was probably close to one o'clock before I went to sleep. And then uh, Saturday, of course, was a blur. But, uh, but yeah, the expo was really great, and um, some seemed like people had a great time. And then, uh, of course, we did the the movie screening Saturday night with Kiss Meets <laughs> the Phantom. That was, that was uh, so funny. That, and yeah, the the comedians, God, they did an amazing job. Craig Gass and Don Jameson and Courtney, and then uh, Phil Schaus, of course, joining in. Um, yeah. Courtney stole the show. Yeah, the Vinnie Vincent joke. Yeah, so yeah. imagine you're watching Kiss Meets the Phantom, and they're at the part where Kiss is in the cage, and they're trying to summon the box of talisman. And they finally get it open, and Courtney says something to the effect of, you know, it's going to be a huge disappointment when they open the Vinnie Vincent box set and there's nothing in there. (laughs) 
You had to be there. It was hilarious. Yeah. It cracked everyone up. And yeah. then there was uh there was a lot of there was a lot of great it was a lot of jokes that would only land with our audience, but that's oh, what yeah. it was for, you know. Oh, and yeah. then uh the, the the best part though was something they came up with right before the movie started it wasn't something they had actually planned out with so you know we and we showed the original broadcast version from the 70s with you know the porn music and everything so of course it has the fade outs when it would go to commercial yeah yeah and every time that it would fade out they would be like oh thank god and it's over and then it would start back and be like oh god damn how long is this movie fuck and it just everyone died laughing every time they did that. That was a great touch on what they were doing. Well, and it's so funny too when you watch that movie. You think back to when you were a kid and be like, "That was so awesome." But then when you watch it and it's somebody's got it underneath the microscope like that, it's like, it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff in this movie I never really noticed. Like how much it's just them being filmed walking around. Yes. Like if you take that movie and split it up to the parts where it's just Kiss like walking through a part of the park, that takes up half the movie. Yep. Like they're walking towards something that's going to happen, but it takes longer to get there than it does for whatever is going to happen to happen. <laughs> There's a lot of long, boring stretches in that movie. And Watch then, it again, people. You'll see what yeah. we're talking about. Well, and like I always just thought it was funny that you know, Kiss doesn't show up until after halfway into their first yeah. movie. It's like, where the hell's the band? It's a lot of setup to get there before Kiss can show up. That's the depth of that movie. Yeah. And then uh, we also showed The Greatest Show on Earth, Andrew Scambatti's film, which it was a, a, unfortunate Andrew couldn't make it. He got sick before uh, he could leave, but we were able to work it out to, to show it. And, uh, it was uh it it was cool to see that on the big screen too and then uh yeah I was gonna say Andrew I gotta tell you you missed it but your movie looked great up there on the a theater screen it was really cool to see it that way yeah it was cool to see Kiss stuff on a big screen that was one I've been and I've been wanting to do the, the at least the Phantom screening since the first year I've it's just always been like yeah. it'd be so cool if we could do that and then um went back and rested at the hotel and then Sunday came and. Uh, thank God for Joe and Patrice. They they ran everything at SIR for for me. And uh, Joe so, is awesome. His wife yeah. too. They are super cool people. I really love those two a lot. Yeah. So we got to hang out with Rock and Ron and family uh, and Kristen and several others. Brad Page and his wife Heidi and yeah, a few others. It was on at uh, Fat Cat Slim. Eric Alberti. Yeah, Eric Alberti and Julie is his wife. And yeah. um, it was uh, so cool. That was a cool hang. We did that till it was time to go do the interview at SIR, and then Aaron and I headed over to SIR and had a great time interviewing Carmine and Vinny, and got some awesome. As if you've listened to the show two weeks ago, you know it was uh, it was a hell of a talk. They had amazing stories. Yeah, it turned out really good. And you know, I want to give a shout out too. I mentioned him at the top as one of the first three people I saw, but our friend Rick yes. was doing so much stuff that weekend, and he was basically there being the brother's right hand man at the SIR deal. And he was so good with those guys, man. He handled everything. There was people asking questions. He was answering questions. He was making sure everybody got everything autographed they wanted autographed. And Rick is such a good dude. You know, we just got to, I got to give him a shout out. I know you want to give him recognition too. Yeah. And I heard that Rick did such a good job with those guys that there may be some future opportunities for Rick working yeah. with the brothers, which is 
so awesome. Yeah, I heard they offered him some road work to work with them on some of their, their events. You'll find nobody better, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Awesome yeah. friend and a real good dude. Yeah, Rick uh, did, Rick was definitely one of the MVPs of the weekend because, you know, there was like people needed rides to places to and from, you know, the, needed them to take them to dinner. And Rick was just, he was just Johnny on, on the spot for everything. And, you know, anything I needed from him, he would do. And, yeah, he was amazing. I he's also one of the funniest people i've ever met but uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's a hard, hard worker and uh did an amazing job and uh yeah it was great he's so right on the money like you said it was like uh we were hanging out at the comedy show and i'm talking to Bryn aarons which you know got to give a shout out to him lead singer mm-hmm. of flip if you guys remember that band they were pretty awesome he's a super cool guy and yeah. i'm hanging out with him and it's after the show's kind of over and it's like, okay, shit, I didn't plan this very well because now I'm downtown Nashville and I got to figure out how the hell I'm going to get home. And uh, and Rick, in the meantime, he's like over there on his phone. I said, who are you calling? He's like trying to call a buddy, see if I can find a place to crash. I said, I'm your buddy. <laughs> Catch me a ride home. I got a place for you to crash. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for both of you. Worked out great. Yeah, we grabbed a big old pizza. We were, I was so hammered. I don't know how hammered. I guess he wasn't because he was He doesn't driving, drink. So, yeah. yeah, so I was hammered and he wasn't. And we decided we're going to stop at the 7-Eleven on the way home and grab us a pizza. And I've got an actual pizza oven, like northern style. And we get this big old frozen pizza and we get it back and we're tiptoeing around trying not to wake up the wife. And the pizza don't fit in the oven, so we got to like cut the edges off the frozen pizza to get it to fit in there. It's <laughs> a big-ass pizza. <laughs> I was so drunk. It was such a good time. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, the comedy show was incredible. And uh, man, it, those yeah. guys, Ryan, Jeremy, and Phil, they knocked it out of the park. When they talk about punchlines and backlines, which is this yep. brilliant concept that Courtney come up with, where you take rock stars and you know you put a guitar in their hand or have them sing a song in front of you, they're aces. You know, you can't beat it. But now we're going to take them out of their element and see how funny they are. And so the comedians had worked with these guys to help them with their material and their timing and all that good stuff. And I don't know if it was the coaching or if it was just natural talent, but all three of them really knocked it out of the park. They were funny as hell. Yeah, it was great. It was uh it was the end of a, a long but fun weekend. And uh, of course I was ready to collapse by the end of that night and, uh, I made it home and I was so happy to hit my bed and then uh, got up the next day and we had a barbecue at your house with a, a few of our closest friends. Yep, me up there on the patio with CC the Grill busting out the <laughs> cheeseburgers with the real Wisconsin cheese on them. They were a huge hit. Drinking beers, having fun. The wives are all hanging out. We're drinking beer. I actually recorded a bunch of stuff off of that, so that might be something coming your way if you're a Decibel Geek VIP over on Patreon. I got some of that coming your way. Oh, cool. I think those guys probably forgot they were even being recorded because we we're all getting pretty drunk. Well, that makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, but you got myself and Chris and you got Ralph and Ian and David Glenn and Sean Cullen and Rock and Ron was here, but he was just kind of chilling and we we're just, you know, and to be able, and that was where we said goodbye to Rock and Ron, you know, and yeah. it was time for Rock and Ron to go after the get together. And that was our day to relax and just enjoy and hang out with each other. And we got to give him hugs and kisses and tell him how happy we were to see him and send him on his way back home. And 
Little did we know that that would be the last time we'd ever in person see Rock and Ron Runyon. So what a blessing it was to be able to spend time with them that day. And we got an awesome picture taken. Yeah. I know not every year in the past. Well, no, yeah, every year that we've done Rock and Pod and we got our little, you know, what does Baco call it? The Illuminati of pod, rock podcasting. <laughs> party yeah and we always get a good picture of the group of us all together and so this year was no exception so we all kind of gathered around ron and all piled up on a couch and we got an awesome picture taken with him and i'm gonna get that blown up too and hung down here in the studio awesome yeah it was uh it was a hell of a weekend you know and then, yeah uh, it was awesome it's, uh thanks to everybody who all the podcasters that came all the people that worked it all the people rock fans that showed up and a lot even Can we a do lot it again of, in november no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, if you want to, so go much, right ahead. It was you, so much fun. Oh, yeah. Pl- yeah, you plan the November one, and I'll just come hang out. <laughs> oh, yeah, the most epic fail of all time. Camaro <laughs> Fest 2021. <laughs> I don't, as many people showing up to this thing as a Vinnie Vincent party. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know if uh, where we stand for next year. I, I'm still kind of in my my chill out period after and trying to make up my mind which and that's okay although, because you know we're coming back next year you know we're going to do it again but you need the buffer time this is <laughs> let's let's concentrate on decibel geek time well that's what i want to do i mean <clears throat> well bushy and mike tyler on the plug they were they bushy said he's going to drive from north carolina and beat the shit out of me if i don't do it again so at least I, i'll have a beating in store for me if i don't do it well there you go thank you to bushy for that Rock and Pod 2022, it's a go. But he doesn't know that I'm into that sort of thing, and he's got to buy me dinner first. So. <laughs> oh, man. They'll be wondering why you're in a wheelchair next year. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just having fun. <laughs> yeah. But we had a super awesome time at Rock and Pod, as we always do. You know, this started out as an excuse to hang out with our friends. And all these years later, you know what it is? An excuse, an excuse to hang, to out, hang out with our friends. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. And if that's how we base it, because we're kind of on the inside of it, we're not like just showing up and buying a ticket. We're on the inside of it. So when you get our perspective on it, did we get to hang out and have a great time with our friends? Yes, we did. And so to us, Rockin' Pod 2021 was another huge success. It was. On every level this time. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm very proud of where how far it's come, but uh, like when it boils down to it, it it's about hanging out. It's the community we build. Exactly, you know, and that includes people like Rock and Ron Runyon, who without this community, we'd have never got to meet. You know, without us and the podcast and podcasting and rock music and you, the listener and people tuning in and checking it out, none of us would have ever got to know the genius, the brilliance, and the awesomeness of Rock and Ron Runyon. So for that, I say God bless Rock and Ron Runyon and God bless Rock and Roll. And we'll be back next week. See ya. We have to go into this game show now? Yes, Ron. It's tradition. It's quarantine session tradition to do the game show. And you know what? Thanks to Loose Cannon, we've got game show music this week. Oh, great. So if you're ready, it is now time for Beat. 
the geek. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the most awesome game show in rock and roll. This is going to be something else here. I, I think it's asking me yeah, to something re- else. It's, it's, it's asking me to reload. Something went wrong. It said. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Even your questions are like fuck this. <laughs> why? Why does every time Aaron goes into that, I picture the end of Hot for Teacher with David Lee Roth doing his little game show. That's about right. Hosting thing. That's because that's how Aaron Camaro sees himself in his own head. <laughs> I believe it. Oh my god! All right, this is going to be pretty awesome. We, I've got some yeah. good questions for you guys today. You guys know how it works. Wasted for this. Sober or not? All right, go ahead. This is the game show that goes to eleven. It is beat the geek. Got 11 questions, got Rock and Ron on one side, Chris Sinzak on the other. Chris Sinzak is the geek. You are on a losing streak, but today's your chance to redeem yourself as the geek as you face off against the reluctant Rock and Ron Runyon who had wanted nothing to do with any of this. If he's the geek, what am I? We're going to figure that out. All right, are you guys ready? Yeah. No. (laughs) No. Go All right, Chris, you're up first. This is going to be a real test for you because I'm going to ask you some questions about some of your favorite artists. And your very first question is this. Alice Cooper's real name is Vincent Damon Fernier. Is it Fernier? Fernier? How do you say Fernier. it, Chris? Fernier. Fernier. Vincent Damon Fernier. The name Vincent comes from an uncle on his father's side. Who is he named after in regards to his middle name, Damon? Rock and Ron, do you think Chris knows who Alice Cooper is named after? Oh, this is Chris's question. Okay. Uh, Does he know it? Does he know it? No, he doesn't know it. All right, Chris, he's betting against you. Your choices are. Was he named after Mayor Damon Draper? Was he named after singer Damon Wayne, writer Damon Runyon, or chaplain Yay, Damon Runyon. O'Neill? Uh, I will say the chaplain was the, the correct answer. That is incorrect. And Rock and Ron show this. He was named after writer Damon Runyon. Any relation? Ooh, that's my grandfather. <laughs> Oh, I don't God. know who he is, but he's my grandfather. All Anybody right, well, named Runyon is some relation to me. Well, since you knew that, and he is your grandfather, which you should know that, and you bet <laughs> against Chris, and Chris got it wrong, that's one point for Rock and Ron. And I'm, oh, I, I'm really going to lose to a guy that's been doing Jaeger bombs <laughs> all night long. We shall see, oh, because shit, now... I actually got a point by default, or... Yeah, you yeah. did. Okay, I like this game now. All right, well, <laughs> let's see how it goes because it's your question. Oh, Rock and oh. Ron, who, okay. since, who since 1969 is the only constant member of Uriah Heap? Chris, does Ron know his Uriah Heap? I'm going to say he knows it. All right, Ron, he's not betting against you. Your choices are guitarist Mick Box. 
drummer Roger Penlington, drummer Nigel Olson, or bassist Cram Jansen? All right, let me first say, are you fucking serious, Camaro? Yeah, that's the question. Let's 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 you know re-answer, re-question. <laughs> re-question. The question was something about Uriah Heep. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Who since 1969 is the only constant member of Uriah Heep? So Uriah Heep's been around since the late 60s. They've had a whole lot of different members come through the band. Only one guy has been there all along. Your choices are guitarist Mick Box, drummer Roger Penlington, drummer Nigel Olson, or bassist Cram Jansen. Um, and Chris actually said I know this. He's not um, betting against you. Well, I actually do know that Nigel Olson, I recognize that name. He was the drummer for Elton John. Um, so. <sighs> You're actually going to go long-winded on a multiple-choice question. Holy shit. Just pick one, Ron. Can, can I call a friend? <laughs> no. <laughs> you well, want to call, I want to call Chris and Zach. <laughs> um, it doesn't work that way. I'll give you the wrong answer. Chris will be like, oh, hang on a second. My phone's ringing. <laughs> it's Ron. <laughs> All right. What, what, what was the answers again? Or the. Okay. Choices. Once again, your choices are guitarist Mick Box, drummer Roger Penlington, drummer Niall Jill Olsen, or bassist Cram Jansen. So we had two drummers in there. Um, what was the first one? <laughs> <laughs> this could be an epic, long episode oh of the Beat God. the Geek. The first right, one was right. guitarist gonna, Mick I'm gonna, Box. I'm going to try. What do what'd we say? Guitarist Mick Box. Drum All right, I'm going with Mick Box. That is correct. <laughs> God, God damn it, what? That is correct. <laughs> All right, did so Rock and Ron gets a point that, for Chris? getting it correct. I but did actually know that, damn it. Chris did not bet against you. You sh you, you didn't need to call him because you guessed right. <laughs> Do I get a point? So yes. that's a point for you. That puts Ron up two to nothing on Chris. Two to nothing. All right, Chris, it's time for your question. Almost every member of the Ramones were born in the New York, New Jersey area. But which original member was born in Hungary? Ron, you know, you know Chris is a big fan of the Ramones, but does he yeah, know the answer know, to this and question? This is rigged. <laughs> you asking Ramones questions. So what, was the, what was the question again? Oh, my God. <laughs> Which member of the Ramones was born in Hungary? Does he? Oh. Do you think he knows it? 
I'm going to say no. <laughs> All right, Chris, he's betting against you. Which member yes, of the Ramones was born in Hungary? Was it Joey, Didi, Tommy, or Johnny? It was Didi. That is incorrect. Oh, it was Tommy that was really? born in Hungary. Johnny was actually born in Virginia. The other two were born in New York, New Jersey. I swear I thought Didi grew up in like Germany or Hungary. That's fucked up. Yep, you got them mixed up. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Shut up, Ron. (laughs) Too bad for you there, geek. Oh, you're going to get out of on me now. (laughs) All right, Ron did not bet against you, so no points awarded. (laughs) I I did bet against him. Oh, you did bet against him. I did. No, he did. Well, yeah, I guess actually he did. He did. Yeah, I did. Do That's I get a point? right. So Ron gets a point. Uh, yeah, that damn makes right. it three to point. nothing. Rock and Ron, who didn't even want to play this game. <laughs> I'm going to lose again to Rock and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron, you ready for your next question? Oh. Uh, no. Well, too bad. Can we just stop now? No. I'm ahead. No. You're up by three I points. Stop while You're doing I'm good. Ahead. All right. Your question is this Joseph <laughs> Michael Poole is better known by this stage name. Chris, does Rock and Ron know who Joseph Michael Poole is? Well, I got to catch up, so I'll say no. All right. He is betting against you, Ron. Your choices are Oz Fox, Buckethead, Wednesday 13. Or Davy Vane. So who was it? Joseph Michael Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Michael Poole. Joseph Michael Poole. Is that Oz Fox, Buckethead, Wednesday thirteen, or Davy Vane? Oh. Did Chris bet against me? Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, um, what, what's the what's the the list again? Oz Fox, <laughs> Buckethead, Wednesday Thirteen, or Davy Vane? Gene Simmons. Don't confuse him. I'm sorry. Joseph Poodle is <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Um, Just say A, B, C, or D, please. <laughs> all right. All right. You said Buckethead, Wednesday. Wednesday 13, Davey Vane, Buckethead, or Oz Fox. Wednesday 13. That is correct. (laughs) My God. (laughs) And since Chris bet against you, that's two points. (laughs) That's two points. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That brings the score to six to nothing. (laughs) Six? (laughs) Yeah. You still think it's rigged? Yes. Fuck you. But, oh man. <laughs> oh shit. This is great. 
All right, right Chris, time people. for your next question. Oh, who cares anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Bring them on. I, I'm on a roll. <laughs> if you're still listening, you're incredibly drunk. <laughs> I'm still Along, listening. Cheers to you. And I'm incredibly drunk. Cheers oh. to all you guys. Let's go. All right, Chris, your question. On the credits for Wild America, Tora Tora thanks all of the following bands except Ron, you know Chris is a big fan of Tora Tora. Does he know the answer to this question? Please bet against me so I have a shot. So, so they thanked all of the bands except <laughs> this one. There's four bands. Three of them were thanked. One was not. Three of them were thanked, and one was not. Does Chris know it? Uh, I'm going to bet against him just for the hell of it. Thank All you. right. Ron's betting against you, Chris. Your choices are Kicks, Taiketo, Poison, and Dangerous Toys. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, and you acted like you knew it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to get points where I can to beat your drunk ass. Um, I don't think they did any dates opening for Poison, so I'm going to say Poison. That is correct. Poison oh. is the band that did not get thanked in the credits for Wild America. So Chris gets a point. And, I told you it was rigged. And Rock and Ron bet against him, so Chris gets another point. Oh! Two to six. Yeah. That is yeah. not right. I'm totally killing it. It's so rigged. All right. Well, we got a little ways to go, and you can easily still turn this around because we haven't even hit the kiss round yet. So the next question goes to Rock and Ron. Ron, are you ready? Oh. Yeah, I guess so. Simple and sweet. What uh, color are Ozzy's eyes? What cover? What? <laughs> <laughs> what cover has Ozzy's eyes on it? Oh my god! <laughs> Let me repeat the question. <laughs> Did I lose you, Aaron? I'm sorry. Go lost ahead. You lost all of us. Ron. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. What color are Ozzy Osbourne's eyes? Chris, does Ron know what color Ozzy's eyes are? I, I have to bet against him every time now, so no. <laughs> All right, Ron. Well, well Chris is betting against you. Your choices. Black. Your choices are blue, green, brown, or gray. I thought they were black. As yeah, his soul. <laughs> Glowing red. The Prince of Darkness, they should be black. Uh, what'd you say again? Blue, green, brown, or gray? Uh, is gray even a color of eyes? Um, blue, blue, green, brown, gray. I I don't know. Green. That is correct. Oh, no shit. <laughs> green? And green. And that since Chris green. bet against you, that's two more points. All right, I'm hanging up. 
Did he did he bet against me? He I did. did, motherfucker. Then I get two points. <laughs> that brings the score to eight to two. Now? 20? Eight to no. two. Okay. That's a pretty damn good score. We're not even to the kiss round yet. We got one more question before we get to it. And it is Chris's I'm question. The kiss round right now. <laughs> Chris, you ready? Why not? According to iTunes, this is Motley Crue's most popular song. <laughs> Rock and Ron, do you think he knows the answer? Hell no. <laughs> so cocky. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, I want Chris, double he... the points, whatever that is. So, no, he doesn't know it. You don't get double the points. I do if I get it right. Do I get... No, oh, I don't get double the points? No, uh, you get a point if he gets me. it wrong. Do I get a point, though? Yeah, yeah, you get a point if he gets it wrong, if you're betting against him. All right, get it wrong. Go ahead. All right, Chris. He is uh, <laughs> excitingly, enthusiastically <laughs> betting against you. Your choices are Kickstart My Heart, Home Sweet Home, Dr. Feel Good, or Saints of Los Angeles. Before I answer, I just want to say, <laughs> this whole week, Ron was saying, oh, I'll be the person who never gets one thing right and beat the geek, and Chris is going to kill me. He hasn't gotten so, one wrong yet. <laughs> I know. My so, goal was to be the only guest to get zero points on this, and I got like eight. a couple hundred or something right now. <laughs> so I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Well, it's not Anyways, over yet. Answer the fucking question. <laughs> wow. What was the question? All right. <laughs> I know you're excited, but I have gotten through junior high. Oh, man. I, I love hearing Aaron laugh. I know. Well, you're doing um, a good job of bringing it out of me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Kickstart My Heart. That is correct. Oh, bullshit. Kickstart My Heart's the number one most popular Motley Crue song. Home Sweet Home is number two. Dr. Feelgood at number four. And believe it or not, Saints of Los Angeles is number seven. I totally believe that. I was surprised at that. Top ten. All right, Rock and Ron bet against you, and you got it right, so that's two points. You're halfway there. The score is four to eight. (laughs) And you know how things can quickly turn around in the kiss round and the kiss round is now rock and Ron. Are you ready for your kiss round question? Double the points. Wait a minute. He got two points for that. Yeah. Cause he got it right. And you bet against him. Oh, I need to rethink this stuff. All Man, right. You better Too think late. about what, it now because what are we doing the kiss round now. It's, it's the kiss round. All right. And it's your question. My question? Okay. Here it comes. All right. Kiss's highest peak on the German album charts is number four. They did it twice. Which two albums? Chris, does Rock and Ron know which are the two most popular albums of Kiss in Germany? No. All right, Ron. Chris is betting against you. Your choices oh, are. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you too. I I know the German charts like the back of my hand. Because <laughs> you're in all that scat porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> oh fuck! All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop. Your Stop choices are be professional now. Well, this All is right. yeah. You make it tough to what, be a professional game show host too. Songs. Okay. Your choices right. are Destroyer and Revenge. Unmasked. Do the question again. Do the question again. Okay. All right. Kiss's highest peak on the German album charts is number four. They did it twice. Which two albums? Two albums went to number four in Germany. That's the highest Kiss has ever peaked. The two albums were they Destroyer and Revenge, Unmasked and Sonic Boom, Animalize and Asylum, or Love Gun and Lick It Up? Uh, 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 did, did Chris bet against me? Yes. That was probably a good move. Um, <laughs> uh, Stakes are high in the kiss round. The highest points on German charts, number four. Basically um, the two most popular kiss albums in Germany. Two, two most popular albums. Destroyer uh, German, and Revenge. Germany is probably behind on stuff. So what was what one was the latest album? The latest album out of the you got Destroyer and Revenge, Unmasked okay. and Sonic Boom, Animalize and Asylum, Love Gun and Lick It Up. Uh what was the You the drunk fuckers are messing up my Sonic game show. Boom? I'm going to go with Sonic Boom. Holy shit. That is correct. <laughs> the two most popular Kiss albums in Germany are Unmasked and Sonic Boom. Uh, Un Unmasked? So you got it correct. And Chris bet against you. That's Sonic two Boom? points. That brings the score 11 to 4. Well, he's 11. Eight. So he wins. Yeah. I went to 11. No, we still got no because he, it's points. It's not, you don't get a point for each. There's, you're messing up. The game is not over yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is, but okay. I mean, you yeah. still got a chance. You got a kiss round question. That's okay, double I the still points. I want to stop now. This is a good one, too. I'm proud did of this I one. Did I get double points? You did. Whatever. Oh, shit. That's right. So, yeah. actually. Ron has got two extra points because of that. See, I'm screwed. You guys, oh, man, you got me drinking too much. <laughs> yeah, it's our fault. So the score is actually. Get it together 13 there, Alex. 13 to Quebec. 4. <laughs> Get the points. Because <laughs> of double points and betting against. Yeah, 13 to 4. Wow. 13. I'm proud of these kiss questions. Chris, That's here comes my yours. Number. Let's stop now. Gene Simmons' 1978 solo album charted the highest of any member of Kiss in the United States. Which one had the highest charting solo album in Japan? Ron, it's the kiss round. Double the points. You want to bet against them? Well, what was the question again? It Just was, say uh, yes, you'll bet against me. Okay, yes, I'll bet against you. 
<laughs> well, Chris sounds confident. Ron has been talked into betting against him. Chris, you know the choices. Gene, Paul, Peter, or Ace? Who charted the highest in Japan? I'll say Ace. That is incorrect. Yes. Ron gets two points because of the kiss round and betting against you. You got it wrong. In Japan, Peter Chris reached 40 on the charts. Ace Fraley reached 30. Gene Simmons reached 24. And Paul Stanley reached 18. Wow. The answer is Paul Stanley. Those are good kiss questions. I almost thought you was going to say Paul or Peter had the highest ranking that would be something nope in every reality and in every country in every age and in every time peter chris always comes in last (laughs) that is true yeah nobody wants to be peter chris not even peter chris sorry peter all right so with that mistake in the kiss round that brings the score rock and ron 15 (laughs) chris sinzak four 15, that's the highest score so far in this game. We've still got two more questions to go. Ron, it's your turn. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What yeah. do I got? 15? 15. Yes. Oh, shit. It's a new cool. record. You move on. All right. Well, you know how this goes. I always like to ask favorite question or your favorite band. Two weeks ago, I asked Baco about Seven Mary Three. Everybody knows that's his favorite band. Last week, I asked Loose Cannon about Pat Benatar. We all know how how Loose Cannon lusts after Pat Benatar after all these years. So, Rock and Rod, your question is this. Wildside, then known as Young Guns, were the prize in a bidding war between record companies in 1990. Who ultimately signed them? Chris, you know how Rock and Ron feels about Wildside. Does he know the answer to this question? All right, now I'm thinking this is rigged to Ron. Um, <laughs> no, because I asked Loose Cannon about Pat Benatar last week, and I asked and I Paco about Seven Mary Three. Answer to that one, let me just say, I'll say he knows this. All right, he's not betting against you, Rock and Ron. Your choices are Capital, Polygram, Electra, or Warner Brothers. What was Wildside signed to? In 1990, when they got their big record deal, all these companies were fighting over them. One of them won out. Was it Capital, Polygram, Electra, or Warner Brothers? I do actually think it was Capital. Holy shit, Ron, that is correct. Holy shit. <laughs> Of course it was. So Chris did not bet against you, and you get a point. So the score is now 16 to 4. And just for the fun of it, Chris, I've been asking you all kinds of questions about your favorite bands today. I got one more for you. In the 70s, Thin Lizzy's Phil Linet released two written volumes of poetry that were combined into a book. What was the name of that book? Ron, you know he loves the Thin Lizzy, but does he know yeah, he does. the Phil Lynott is... poetry? Do you want to bet against him? What the Why hell? are you asking Chris Ramones and Thin Lizzy questions? Because I think Cause it's fun to ask Chris questions about his favorite bands and then stump them on him, all right? Yeah, because that's I'm clearly why. doing so awesome tonight. Because he's been getting them all wrong, because he's got four points all along here. 
Well, what do you think, Ron? You want to pad your points? You want to bet against him one last time? Um, I don't remember the question or anything, but I'll bet against him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, and this final question in this week's Beat the Geek. Do you know the name of the Phil Lynott poetry book? Was it Words to Remember Me By, Songs for While I'm Away, Poems for the Wandering Soul, or Things We Thought Were Forever? What was the title of the poetry book by Phil Lynott? Before I answer, let me just say, I've never had more fun losing in a game of trivia. Um, (laughs) uh, I'll say uh, Songs for While I'm Away. That is correct. And Ron bet against you, so that's two points. The final score of this week's edition of Beat the Geek, Rockin' Ron, who didn't even want to play this game, defeats Chris Sinzak. Final score, 16 to 6. All right, Chris. Well, this has been a pretty interesting edition of Beat the Geek. Rockin' Ron, how do you feel? (laughs) Oh, did I win? You won. You got the highest score of all time. I Beat the geek? You didn't just beat him. You trounced him. I trounced him. What was it? 16 to... Six. Six. You won't remember anyway. Chris, how do you feel after something like that? Uh, I'm drunk, too, so it doesn't really make much difference to me. But it should make a difference. I asked you questions about all your favorite bands. I, oh no! I mean, I got the I got the Thin Lizzy one right at least. Uh, but like anything, and anyone who's coming on in future editions of uh, Beat the Geek, just know if Aaron hits me with chart positions, I'm probably gonna lose. But I didn't hit you with any chart positions today. Well, you should have hit him with chart positions. Well, I don't then. think it really mattered. I mean, look at the he end wouldn't score. have got six points. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> you already beat me. Now you're gonna rub it in. Oh, man. Actually beat the geek. Yeah. Well, Chris, let me tell you something. You're always the jokester and the prankster, always tricking people into into fooling them and making them feel bad. Well, today, I got to tell you, me and Rock and Ron, <laughs> we conspired against you and we cheated. So this one's it, it's not going to count against you, but I got to tell you this. I'm super proud of you for getting these six fucking points because my goal here was to give Ron a perfect score and you a perfect score in the opposite direction. Oh, really? Yeah, we were just fucking with you. (laughs) Wow. There ain't no way Ron would have known any of those questions. (laughs) I'm not not always... Aaron's idea. (laughs) I mean, am I, do I always come off like I'm trying to like trick people? I don't. I hope I don't come off that way. This goes back to your April Fool's days, my friend. What? The, the Vinny Vincent <laughs> fake interview? The people have been waiting for somebody to get revenge on you for that for years, and now it's finally happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you got me. And I am extremely happy that I'm the one to get revenge on you, Chris. Oh, because man. Truth, truth be told... I would not know any of those questions <laughs> if it wasn't for Aaron. Not even the one about Wildside. So he, not so even he, the one about Wildside. Wait a minute. So he had the answers the whole time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys both suck. 
Looking to expand or move your company? Look no further than Ohio. With a talented workforce for in-demand industries like tech, healthcare, engineering, manufacturing, and more, you can staff up and scale for growth. Ohio's central location and reliable infrastructure will help you impress your customers, while Ohio's affordable cost of living and quality of life will excite your employees. Why survive somewhere else when your business can thrive in Ohio? Visit successinohio.com today. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 